Hi, and welcome to the Growing Book Club. 12 books, one year, new you. I am your host, Sarah Herring, and I am so excited to go on this personal growth journey with you. Happy reading, my friends. Well, welcome back, everyone. I am so excited for book club today. Typically, for the last week of each month, we do a book club group discussion, which we are doing, but I got some feedback from a different handful of people saying that they would love to have some featured speakers on the Growing Book Club podcast. As a reminder, this month we're finishing up Failing Forward by John C. Maxwell, and for our featured speaker, I thought it would be really, really neat if we featured someone who has gone through so much in life and looked at failure straight in the face and her journey has not been easy but she has grown into such a woman of strength because of her quote-unquote failures. So our featured speaker today is my dear dear friend one of my dearest friends of all time (laughs) Kari Spencer And Kari and I actually, we met each other, it was probably three and a half years ago now, at Cabela's. And it was such a fun exchange, and (laughs) she and I are both laughing, because anyway, but we just, we have become such good friends, worked with each other in business over the last couple years as well. Um, But aside from that, Kari and I really do have a very, very, very special friendship, and I am just so grateful for her. So you can tell our listeners hello, Kari. Hello. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself, Kari. Um, So uh, I'm such an old lady. I turned 30 (laughs) this year in December, which is like my favorite time of year. But uh, yeah, so I just got married uh, two years ago this month. Oh, oh yes. yeah, and uh, you know, just growing, yeah, <laughs> growing through marriage <laughs> and learning how to be a married lady. And uh, I grew up originally in North Carolina, but I'm here now in Utah, loving it. And yeah, we've got two dogs, a foster bunny, and a leopard gecko. <laughs> His name is Hey Hey. Like on Moana. Yeah. 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 And her dogs are the best dogs ever. They really are. The most amazing blessings I've ever had in my life. I don't know what I would do without them. Yeah. We, Scarlett and Luna, we love those too. So Kari, as you know, we've been reading the book Failing Forward by John Maxwell for Mm -hmm. book club this month. And something that I would love for you to kind of touch on is your story, your background a little bit, Mm -hmm. and how you have... Uh, faced quote-unquote failure in mm-hmm. your life and and what that's looked like for you yeah so I've got kind of a crazy story as you know very well mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh to kind of go over it all um I like I said I'm from North Carolina and um I grew up in a single parent home because my mom passed away when I was fairly young and so you know through all of that obviously we're going to learn a lot of stuff from a single parent home of independence and how to take care of yourself and stuff like that. And so um, that kind of brings us to the meat of my story is uh, um, about six or so years ago now, I was living on my own 
and my roommate had decided that she was going to move out here to Utah and leave me with the lease that she was still signed on and try to find me a roommate, but like didn't go down so well. So it was like maybe a week or two after she moved away in December. And it was like, uh, two weeks after my birthday, um, that I got in a car accident where, um, I was in like a little Toyota Camry and this big, like pickup truck, like, I can't remember what exactly what make and model it was or anything, yeah. but it totally just like made a left hand turn in front of me and ran over me because I was smaller than it and should have died. Um, luckily, didn't. Um, but yeah, so through all of that, I had to learn to walk again, had to like learn how to regain my independence and everything like that. Because after my accident, I couldn't care for myself. Like I couldn't even get up in the middle of the night to to go pee. (laughs) And so, um, like I, yeah, it was a difficult time to, to realize that I was not prepared to be an adult. Like I thought I was, Mm. and that I still relied heavily on my parents and family to take care of me. And so, yeah, it, it really just kind of like hit me with a ton of bricks on like what I thought life was supposed to look like and the person I thought I was supposed to be. And turns out that that person is not who I was supposed to be. Mm. And Sarah knows I'm very emotional, so I'm probably going to cry, guys. We cry all the time. All the time. Kari and I cry all the time together. <laughs> Every time. But, yeah, so through prayer and trying to build my testimony and just attending church, I realized that I needed to show more kindness to others, that a lot of the things that I was doing was uh, causing me to act very selfishly and that that's, you know, that's not what I was supposed to do in life. Like I was supposed to be there for others. So That being said, um, I finally, after my accident, got to the point where I could work again and uh, got a job and um, was able to basically get to the point where I could live on my own again. So I decided, you know, I had wanted to move out to Utah and because I had grown my relationship with the Lord, I had prayed about it and he had been telling me, hey, you need to move to Utah come to find out it was because I had to meet my husband (laughs) even though like I already knew him previously but uh I needed to be with him Lord works in mysterious ways totally so moved out here and everything just sunk in everything just like made me realize like oh you know all this carp (laughs) that I just went through um was for this purpose to Help me realize, like, humble myself and realize, okay, learn from those things. Stop being selfish. Stop being a butthead to people. Mm. And start showing the love that you have for people. And and you'll get so much further. And I can honestly say that because of that complete, like, lifestyle, like, emotional, like mental change in myself 
I wouldn't be where I am today mm-hmm. with healing from my car accident. Cause so after my car accident, um, my doctors and, uh, everyone was basically telling me like, Hey car, you need to get used to living a disabled person's life. Like you're going to be disabled for the rest of your life. Like we can do these surgeries to try and fix X, Y, and Z. And then it ended up getting three times worse (laughs) because of the surgeries I got and not making things better. And I was like, Oh, you know, like I want to do so many things in life and, you know, being a disabled person, physically disabled person is going to prevent me from doing those things. So like, I just have to be okay with it and like be okay with riding around at a, in a riding cart at stores and like not being able to go on hikes or go on cool fishing trips with the people I want to spend time with because I can't physically get there on my own. And, uh, so yeah, it, it really, put me in a stage of my life where I was kind of stuck and I had made all this like emotional progress to become a good person partially because I needed to make sure that even though I needed people's help I didn't feel like a like I was being their burden right for needing their help but then also like because of the kindness that I was able to show to my now husband, uh, he then was able to return that to me and like really help me grow to the point where now, uh, even though I still use a writing cart, I still have a service dog. I still technically am a disabled person. I don't define myself by being disabled anymore. And it's because like, the progress that I have made, even though, you know, to an average person it would be small, to me these are, like, huge strides. And, like, I wouldn't be able to be where I am and show the love that I have for people and respect and just patience and, you right. know, all those good things without having felt so low and felt like, yeah. you know, what did I do to deserve this? Which you are like the definition of compassion, Kari. I've never, like all the things outside that I know that you've gone through, Mm -hmm. aside from your accident, you have so much love and compassion for people. And I have felt that Mm -hmm. ever since I met you. And part of, you brought up so many good points here. (laughs) So many good things. But part of the reason I wanted to highlight you this week Mm -hmm. was because I feel like, and, and, Maybe this is just me, but maybe there's other people out there that can relate that if we went, if I went through an accident, like what you went through, it would be really hard to say I'm a failure and it would be really hard to take what you went through and sit in the stuff. Mm -hmm. And so how did you, through your accident, through, because I know it's been a progression of time Mm -hmm. and I've seen so much growth in you the last two years, especially, but how did you change your mindset? Like, how did you go from at the beginning of your accident more kind of of probably feeling down and low to now overcoming and being the person you are today? Yeah, so honestly, it was kind of a whirlwind. Like, when I think back on it, and first of all, I don't have the best memory. 
And then second of all, during the accident, I like blacked out, which didn't help with my memory <laughs> stuff. But uh, maybe it's a good thing I don't remember all the details. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, no, I like trying to think back at the like the accident. Thinking back on that day, I was like all giggles and like like I was freaking out. But I remember the people like hoisting me out of my car because my foot was like completely detached like the only thing holding it onto my body was the skin and one tendon it was completely shattered and I just remember being like yeah I can't move guys like you're gonna have to lift me like <laughs> I need help <laughs> yeah, and like laughter and like having lost my mom at such an, a young age I learned laughter and like just like kind of being funny and like trying to I don't know, trying to just like brush it away yeah. helped me to handle the really hard things. And it doesn't mean that I was like necessarily trying to push off the gravity of the situations. Like I obviously knew something was wrong and I was like not making all jokes, but I was like, thanks guys. Like trying to be really nice and like gracious to these people who didn't have to come and get me out of my car. They could have just waited for the paramedics to come, but uh, they got me out. There were people at a, a sporting goods store, like across the parking lot from where my accident was. And they all just like grabbed a bunch of yoga mats Oh my gosh. and just rolled them out. They like all the, all the workers and stuff just like grabbed all the yoga mats and laid them out. They pulled me out of the car and everything. So the day of the accident, I, I was still in kind of like a selfish mindset for sure, for sure. Because I remember after all of that and getting to the hospital and waiting in the emergency room so that like somebody could come and check me out. But the paramedics were like, she's okay. She's medicated. She's not hurting anymore. And, and I was just like, okay, well I, I need to call my dad. I need to try and get him here. And, um, I had had like some random Samaritan at the accident, try to call him and leave a message cause he didn't answer. But, uh, he, I finally got him on the phone and was like, he was like, yelling at me for something I don't even remember what exactly but he was like not in a happy mood to hear my voice <laughs> he was like stressed out I think and uh and I was like dad shut up like I'm in the hospital you need to come here now like I'm the most important thing like yeah obviously I was in an accident so technically it was the most important <laughs> thing in that moment but like still just I can't forget how like selfish I was during the whole thing. And so it really kind of started when I got home from the hospital was really when I remember being like, okay, like in the hospital, you know, it's their job to help you, like just let them help you kind of a thing. But at home, like my family's doing this out of the, the greatness of their own hearts. And like they could force me to try and figure these things out on my own change my own bandages and this that and the other or like try to hire somebody with money that I don't have because I can't work anymore mm -hmm. to have somebody come in and do it and and no they did it for me and they didn't even ask questions they just did it and it really just like slowly every day while I was bedridden for six months realized that other people do things for you not because you deserve it or 
that you're entitled to it, but because they want to. So, yeah, all of that came together and like really, really hit home when I moved out here to Utah and my now husband at the time had a girlfriend (laughs) and me and him were just friends and, uh, he was just so loving and so kind to me and would help me with my like physical limitations. And like, he would hold my hand as I was trying to walk over uneven terrain and he was just so kind and I didn't understand like why, but then the Lord just kept like impressing behind me that like, you know, he cares for you. And like, that's what people do. People who care for you will do things without any expectations. Right. And so I was able to start doing that for him Mm. and then for other people and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, it just, I forgot the question at this point through all of that. No, you're good. (laughs) Cause I feel like, no, I'm actually glad you brought all this up because one of the principles in failing forward Mm -hmm. is centered around gratitude and taking our eyes off of ourselves and focusing on our eyes on other people when we're going through difficult times when we're going through trials and I feel I don't know if if you agree with this at all but I think it's so easy to take events of our life and say that's a failure and totally Mm -hmm. categorize things and 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 look inwards when we're having a hard time but when we can when we can take a step outside of ourselves that's actually when we can really have that opportunity to fail forward versus I guess failing backwards which is the opposite yeah and I guess like at this point thinking back on my accident and just everything that's gotten me to this place in my life, I don't necessarily see it as a failure anymore, Mm. but I definitely like definitely felt like I was like weak and just not, you know, not strong enough failing in, in life and failing in whatever I thought I was supposed to do. Right. And yeah, but now I'm just like, you know, this experience has taught me so much and, and without it, I would not be the person that I want to be. Yeah. Well, something that you brought up just a little while ago was talking about recognizing like the little successes every Mm -hmm. day, Mm -hmm. because having gone through your accident, you couldn't go back to life how it was. And you can always do the things and that maybe you were used to. And so how did you develop compassion for yourself through all that as you as you've had to rely on you know I think Scarlett how you've Mm -hmm. learned to rely on Scarlett how you've learned to rely on Daniel and even just Mm -hmm. how you've learned to give yourself patience over time what have you learned through all that holy moly so giving (laughs) we can make a whole podcast I know we totally could (laughs) so giving myself patience and like grace is what I like to call it as um Something that I've only recently, within like the last year, learned how to do more consistently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, it's something that I've always been like, oh, I just need to, like, you know, not stress out about, you know, XYZ thing that's going on. When in reality, it's like 
I, I had to realize that there's certain things that I can control. And if I can't control something, it's not my fault. Mm. Because a lot of times I put the blame on myself. Like, if I hurt myself and Daniel has to come help, then I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do this. You know, I didn't mean to fall over. I didn't mean to, like, scream bloody murder because I'm in so much <laughs> pain. Like, but at the same time, like, it goes back to having, like, compassion for other people. Like, people, like, you can have compassion for somebody else and their struggles and want to be there for them and help them so that it's a less difficult thing for themselves. But you also have to be able to do that for yourself mm. because if you can't like let go then everything's gonna be hard mm. and it's gonna get to the point where you're just gonna break and then you're gonna have another air quotes failure mm -hmm. so to reduce the like <laughs> failures that I was feeling like I was having over and over again I had to realize that, okay, I'm doing the exact same, like, I'm responding the exact same way to the exact same, like, stimuli and getting the exact same result. Mm -hmm. I don't like the result, so I need to change my reaction to this situation to get a different result. And that's, I think, been the key for me is that, like, okay, I've fallen down. I'm screaming bloody murder. <laughs> I need to give myself just a breath to realize, okay, yes, this is super painful, but this is in the moment. This pain is going to go away. You've done this before. You know, what options do you have in this moment to help escalate the decrease in your pain? Mm. And so my husband will always be to my rescue but then if I happen to be alone which it's happened before falling just falling out of my front door straight up just fell <sighs> don't even know how it happened <laughs> like nothing was in my way literally just fell just fell over and uh so I was like oh that hurt really bad and I like screamed a little bit because no one was there overreacting for myself is not as satisfying as overreacting yeah. for someone else. <laughs> so I, I just was like, oh, that hurts so bad. And then Scarlett immediately came up to me because she's like, hey, mom, you fell. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Do you need some help? And like, she's too little to do like full mobility stuff with, but she's always like, I'm here. What do you need? I'm here for you. And I'm so just support. like that support. And then she is right there. And um, I think she had on like one of her, like outdoor sports sporting harnesses that yeah. I always have like a harness or like a handle or something on when she's wearing her harnesses just in case. So she had that on. And as soon as I was able to get myself up, I was like, all right, girl, let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do this. And she just helps me. So You know what I love about that story is it reminds me of, I think it's the 14th principle in, mm -hmm. in failing forward. And John Maxwell talks about it's more than just getting knocked down and getting back up. Like, he uses the whole, like, boxer analogy, right? If you get punched in the face, like, get back up. But it's about learning. Like you said, it's learning to change your reaction and say, 
like you said, I can't control sometimes falling down. Like mm-hmm. what happened to you in that instance. Like yeah. you couldn't control that. But the situations that you do have control over, it's getting back up and moving mm-hmm. forward and say, what can I do different? Mm-hmm. If you don't mind me asking, Kari, mm-hmm. I have two more questions for you today. Mm-hmm. How has... Because, like, we've mentioned everyone. I've known you for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. But especially, like, the last two years, Mm -hmm. I would say, you have gone through so much personal growth. Mm -hmm. And how has that helped you? Just the the things that you've gone through, you can just, you know, generally, what how has that helped you in in looking at your disability and the perspective that you've been able to to have? Okay. So, um... Yeah, so I guess when we first met, um, I've told you this story before, but I think it's hilarious. So when we first met, I was like really struggling, not not just with my physical disabilities, but also with my mental health and things like that. And uh, so like one of the funniest things I think about our interaction when we first, very first met, I was like this strange <laughs> it's girl. It's so good, like the story Is and how like, we've just been yeah. friends because of it. <laughs> yeah, and so like that first day at Cabela's, we were just like standing in the store and Daniel was talking to your husband and uh, and I was talking to you and you are just so personable <laughs> and you're just like, everyone's my friend and you just like were talking to me like we were had known each other forever and I was like, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> so part of what Scarlett's tasking is to like get in between me and people to like give us physical distance to give me like reassurance that like, you know, I'm not like all up in it. But yeah, so you just kept like walking around her to get closer to me because it's just, you're just so personable. And like, after a while I was like, she's not going to stop walking around my dog. So like, I'll just let my dog lay down. Cause like I, after, you know, I, it was like after the second time you did it, I was like, she's, this is, she's just a loving person and I could totally just like feel it. So I was like, why am I trying to get my dog between us? But then like thinking of how I used to be, then and how I am now like I I would be like totally out of commission for at least a couple of days if I was feeling any sort of pain from my ankle from my uh, physical limitations and everything and now uh I just keep pushing forward like for example um I used to wear a custom-made boot that was made for me right after my final surgery to help give support to my ankle to limit limit the pain I was feeling so that I could do everyday activities without having too much pain to prevent me from doing things the following day. But when I moved out here, because of job situations and things like that, it turns out that I ended up having to wear it all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And... I knew that that wasn't going to be good. So in a sense, I was basically making my situation worse. And um, I, would, I wouldn't be able to go out and do things because I was physically in too much pain. But now because of the incredible encouragement that my husband has given me and just the personal growth of like just realizing who I am as a person and what I want my life to look like and everything I have gotten to the point where 
I don't have to wear an ankle brace Mm. 95,000% of the time. Like I have not worn an ankle brace of any kind easily since the beginning of the year, if not before. And we're now in April. Yeah. We're, We're almost May in two days. And that's four whole months that I have not worn any sort of ankle brace. Now I've definitely used pain medication. (laughs) I've definitely used my service dog to help manage my pain, but like, I don't even have to go out of the house with Scarlett anymore. Like she can stay home. Like she's a hot mess right now. She, (laughs) she needs to get groomed and I can't take her anywhere (laughs) because she's not like up to standards. But, um, yeah, like I, I don't have to be limited the way I thought my life was going to be for the rest of my life. Like I was terrified of having children because I didn't think that I was going to be able to keep up with them. I didn't think I was going to be able to play with them and like handle pregnancy, let alone labor and birth and raising a child. Like we, we genuinely thought that I was, I'm probably, I would probably end up being bedridden or like on bed rest for the majority of my pregnancy because of pain. Mm-hmm. But now I I feel like like part of our my goals with me and my husband is to um take a hike mm-hmm. either up to the Y here in Provo or um Timpanogos yeah, yeah. something or other. I got he you. always says it and I never listen. <laughs> um but yeah, so that's like our goals is one of those two hikes to go and do that and like honestly I've gotten to the point where I can recognize that there was a point in my life where I was going to be a disabled person for the rest of my life. But now through just those small steps every day, like I, I definitely still have disabilities, but I'm not living a life as a disabled person. Like I don't have to be mentally disabled by my limitations even though they do still limit me. Yeah. I told Kari when we were talking the other day, when you said that to me, I literally got chills. Yeah. I felt the spirit so strong because I think it would be so easy. I, I look at myself and it would be so hard to not continually say like, I, you know, I am a disabled, like I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I am a disabled person over and over again, but you haven't allowed mm-hmm that disability to take power over you. And I think that is a huge part of why I love this book failing forward too, is that it's like, you're going to fail over and over and over again. And maybe it's, um, you know, more of self-inflicted sometimes and other times it's failures that were caused by error from someone else, like the, the driver that put you into this accident. Yeah. But you have, you have such a, a growth mindset versus a a victim mindset, which I just mm-hmm. love. Which is hilarious because before my accident, it was a victim mindset. Mm. It was like, oh, woe is me. My mom died when I was little. Woe is me. Like, my dad and my stepmom fight a lot. And, like, you know, woe is me. My sister moved away and got married and, like, <laughs> doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> like, I was just like, all these little things that, like, pretty much everyone deals with. Like, you know, family dies. And not always is it, you know, when you're young, but a lot of people go through that situation in life. And then, you know, my parents got remarried and, you know, it's a blended family, so it's not perfect. It doesn't look pretty and, 
you know, Facebook worthy all the time. But yeah, like in the beginning, it's not perfect. But as long as we can just take those little steps, like uh, the other day I was scrolling some social media, I can't remember which one, and I saw a picture of a ladder. And one of them was uh, the rungs were really far away. And the person was still just reaching towards the first one. And they couldn't reach it. And they were doing everything they could to try and just reach that first rung. And then there was another ladder. And the rungs were really, really close together. And they were, like, almost all the way to the top. And the caption on the picture said, The importance of making or setting and making or setting and achieving small goals. Mm. And it's like, you know, it doesn't have to look perfect. And you're, it's going to look ugly and messy and, you know, gross sometimes. Yeah. But gross as ever. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can make those small steps, like after my accident, it took me probably the first six, full six months to realize that I was disabled. And then after that, the next like six months was me being depressed about the fact that I was now a disabled person. And then from there, I was like, okay, now that I can walk again and, like, start exercising, you know, what can I do to try and potentially improve myself? Yeah. And then I made the wrong decision of getting a second surgery to reduce my pain from the accident, and it made it worse. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, this is not what I wanted. So another six months of, like, feeling bad about myself and feeling failure. Like, it, you go through a period of time where you're going to feel the failure. You're going to feel it. You know, we're all imperfect. And you're going to feel like you're failing. But once you realize that that feeling can go away, mm. like, what's your next step? What are you going to do next? And that's what's got me to here. Yeah. It's like, oh, I feel like cred today. What can I do to feel better next time or tomorrow? And even if it's just a little thing, it's the latter analogy. Sometimes it doesn't need to be some big, great thing, but sometimes yeah. it's it's just taking one step to your mm-hmm. kitchen. or Yeah. And like yesterday, for example, I ended up calling out of work early because I was having a massive depression attack where I just, I couldn't focus, feeling really, really depressed, really down. And I ended up having to call out. So I took a nap, which is what my depression makes me do. Um, And before I took my nap, I was like, okay, I know this isn't going to last forever. So what am I going to do once it's done? Mm. And I made a list. I made a list of like chores and things that I've been wanting to get done that need to get done. (laughs) And so... When I woke up, before Daniel got home from work, I cleaned my bunny stuff so that he could live in a clean area. Yeah. I unloaded the dishwasher, and, like, I I ordered some stuff online that I needed to order. I made an appointment to get my dog groomed so I can take her out in public again. (laughs) Like, Like, I did things that, they weren't huge things, like making a phone call. That's not a huge thing for some people. Like, I get some people it can be a huge thing, but like I did the things that I knew I could do even if I was still feeling really depressed and 
got it done. Yeah. And then that helped me to just build on top of it. So I was able to make dinner and, like, you know, hang out with my husband and help him to feel better because he was also feeling cruddy that day. And so, yeah, like, it's just if you do those little things, it gives you that self-inspiration to just do the next thing. The next thing. I love that. And and that's all, I think, your story, Kari, for me, that's why I just, like, again, that's why I wanted you here Mm -hmm. today because I feel like you just have so much insight. And whether or not you realize it, I see it. Mm -hmm. And I know other people do of just an overcomer and someone who hasn't allowed moments of failure to define you. Mm -hmm. Um, One last question I want to end with, and then we'll wrap up for today. Um, (laughs) Yeah. is reading. And I talk about this a lot in my podcast in general is kind of the whole self-improvement world right now. It's There's so much information out there. But sometimes it can get discouraging um, if you don't know how to apply it, if you don't have a vehicle or just ways in your life that you can say, I'm going to go and apply this. But how I know reading... You and I have that bond with reading, mm-hmm. too, that we both have mm-hmm. grown into. But how has reading helped you in in mm-hmm. overcoming failure? Yeah, so first and foremost, I am not a strong reader. So, like, I really enjoy reading. I enjoy what it brings me. But it is so hard. It is really, really difficult for me to sit down, even for just, like, 15 minutes, and read, like, a page and a half. Because I'm a slow reader at the same time. So it's really hard. But that being said, I find that I get the most out of what I'm reading when I have one specific goal that I'm trying to improve on. And then I find or get a recommendation of a book that will help improve that one thing. So like, for example... Um, I wanted to improve on respecting my husband, being a better wife, understanding him as a man better. So I read For Women Only. And I was done in that with that sucker for after like two days. <laughs> like I got through it so fast. And I've never read a book so fast in my life, I don't think. But it's because I was so hungry for the answer to this problem that I was having that I I felt like I was failing at I felt like I was failing as a wife I felt like I was just constantly taking my husband off even though like things weren't that bad like he was like you're kind of bugging me (laughs) but like I love you (laughs) but like yeah so I was if I have if you have like a clear goal that you're wanting to improve on And just be as specific as possible of what you're trying to achieve. And then go and read something. Then it will allow you to get so much more out of it. Because I can honestly say that I've been trying to read a book for, I kid you not, the past four months. (laughs) If not We all have one of those books, I swear, that we're just sitting there and we're trying so hard. I'm I'm trying so hard and I just stare at it every day. And I'm like, osmosis (laughs) should do this for me. But no, like I've, I've been trying to read it forever and it's got like, it's about improving like self-image and like things like that. But I'm just struggling so hard to get through it because I'm like, 
I don't need this as much as I, like, you know, this is just a book so that I'm, like, reading a book. But it's, like, it's been so hard to get through, and it's because in this moment I have other things that I would prefer to be improving on than, like, my own, like, self-worth improvement. Yeah. Because, like, you know, we're all not perfect, but (laughs) I feel like I have pretty good self-worth in this, like, moment in my life. And, like, I have the support of my husband and family and friends and everything. So, like, I don't feel like that's what I'm needing to focus on. Yeah. So that's why it's been so hard to read that particular book. But, yeah, girl, when when I read books that I'm, like, hardcore trying to improve on, there's no limits to what you can do. Yeah. Blesses your life significantly. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Because I can honestly say that, like, since reading for women only, it's been so helpful in letting me, like, just pause, take a moment before reacting to certain things. And, like, it allows me to have that, like, grace for other people and that patience with other people. Because, like, you know, why is this person reacting this way? It's most likely because of, you know, such and such situation that they went through. Right. So it allows you to see it from other people's perspectives and, yeah. And move forward. Mm-hmm. I like it. One goal. Have one goal in mind. And if nothing else, mm-hmm. that's it's the next step. It is. Yeah. It really is the next step. Love it. Well, Kari, thank you. I just am so appreciative of you and your friendship and who you are in my life. Yeah. Love you loads. Thank <laughs> you so much. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, yeah, Kari and I have a a wonderful friendship, and I'm just so grateful that she was able to share her heart today, because I know that sharing is scary sometimes, Mm -hmm. and I just know so many people will benefit from hearing Yeah, I just have to sit here and not think about how many people might potentially, (laughs) and that's how I'm able to get through it, and now that it's done, I can start freaking out. (laughs) I can move on, I can move on. It's done, it's too late to go back I've been so composed, I've been so composed, oh, I love it. Well, thanks, my friend. And yeah. thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We're, I'm I'm so grateful to have all of you on here. And get ready for May's book club. We're going to be reading the book, The Go-Giver. Which Love that book. Kari has also read. Such a good book. <laughs> Such a good book. And it's actually really short. It is. It's. And I read that one in like two days, too. Yeah. I read that one to my husband in two days. Yeah. Yeah. So The Go-Giver, everyone. Like, literally, if you read that book in two days, like Kari and I both yeah. did, more power to you. You can go back and reread some of these other books that I know have taken quite a bit of time to read. And then we'll go from there. So have a good day, everyone. Bye.